It's Tuesday, March 27th, 2018. I'm Philip Heilman, and joining me today from the road is Ryan O'Halloran. Ryan, are you headed to uh, Jacksonville, or are you headed to Miami? Which way are you going now? Uh, as much as I, well, it's, I'm, I'm at the Florida Turnpike exit for Miami or Ocala. As much as I'm tempted for Miami, I'm going to keep burrowing straight through the godforsaken infrastructure of downtown Orlando. Downtown Orlando. Ryan was in Orlando today because the NFL meetings are going on, which means that Jaguars owner Shad Khan and football boss Tom Coughlin both speaking today. There was some will-they-won't-they they talk about whether they would be available. Uh, haven't seen this much drama since Rachel and Ross on Friends. But, Ryan, what did you learn? I guess first we'll start with first we'll start with uh, Shad Khan. Uh, he's been... Available a few more times than Coughlin has over the last year or so, but it's always interesting when when he is made available, when he shares his opinions on uh, any number of things. What what stood out to you the most about what Shad had to say today? Well, um, taking a couple points here is the fact that we did speak with him the Thursday before the Buffalo playoff game. You know, the... The questions about the turnaround, the division title, the atmosphere, you know, a lot of that was covered in January. You know, now it was uh, the tarp removal. And he, you know, he said that was a breakthrough because he told the story of how Tom Coughlin was like a little wary of the London game, saying that's a long way to go, competitive disadvantage, until they saw the sold-out stadium, many of them cheering for the Jaguars. They said the Seattle game was the turning point, is... They felt the home field made a difference in that game, and obviously moving forward. So, just just the look on his face, Shad Khan's face, that represented the breakthrough of having to remove those tarps. Uh, you believe him when he says it was one of the best moments of his tenure? Yeah, it was interesting. He said, you know, just from looking at his comments, that removing the tarps he thought was vital not only for the Jaguars but also for the city of Jacksonville. And he's been he's been pretty clear about his opinion that Jacksonville needed to be. Uh, amped up a little bit he talked about how a, a homeless guy in Detroit has more mojo than a millionaire in Jacksonville and he's been critical of uh, you know not having the sort of development that they need around the stadium so you know removing the tarps uh, a big step a big win for him it was and I think Lot J moving into a next topic will be a victory for him as well and if we've learned anything about Shot Khan over the last six years if he doesn't like the progress of a project he's gonna move on to the next one and that's what he's done. You know, the shipyards, um, asked about shipyards on Lot J. He said those updates will come April 19th during the state of the franchise. Expect to see some renderings for Lot J for what they plan to do there. But, I mean, after that, after Lot J, which, you know, could be delayed, you know, I, I think his hands are a little bit tied. As much as he wants the shipyards project to go through, he's been trying for five years. And they still haven't put shovel to dirt yet. You know, it's, it's great to say you want downtown revitalized. It's not a downtown area. This is a beach area. They play football downtown. Hey, it's I love downtown, buddy. Like I was saying, and I had a whatever restaurant I went to a couple weeks ago. We're not going to again. <laughs> yeah, that uh, uh, it's a little hit or miss. That's for sure. So, you know, I'm trying. You know, his his motives are admirable because he's trying to create revenue for the team and the city. But I think it's, uh, you know, Lot J will be a positive step, but it won't be a be-all at all. Sean said he did not request from the league a primetime game 
next season. He said the the last primetime game, the Thursday night, a couple of seasons ago against Tennessee, was one of the most humiliating nights of his career, and he didn't he didn't even want to think about that. Were you surprised that coming off a season that included a run to the AFC title game with the buzz that's generated around this team with the new uniforms and all that, that Shad wouldn't have said, hey, throw us a bone here? Well, I think that was an extremely diplomatic answer by ownership. Uh, I think he knows that making the AFC title game with the home schedule they have in 18, they're going to get one. So I think he, if he does any campaign, it's behind closed doors. Uh, but he did you know, say, hey, last year they didn't play any primetime games, and it worked out for him. But when you have success and you have a good home schedule, you're going to be on primetime. Hey, what do you make of shots saying Doug Marone, you know, he's not charismatic. He's not going to win you. and He's not going to win any, you know, sort of uh, – you know, popularity contest, but the guy has a high football IQ and that's what he values and that's what he likes about him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I asked that question because I've asked Shot about Doug Marone before and hadn't really got anywhere. Uh, you know, this is, you know, he really likes talking about Tom Coughlin, but, you know, I gave him another shot of Marone and it's, uh, I would, I think he does have some charisma. Uh, I think the fan base has responded uh, to him. He's not going to be a sideline guy that goes, you know, crazy. But um, I think, you know, Shad relied on Tom Coughlin's judgment and saying Doug Marone should be the next head coach. Probably didn't know Doug that well. Uh, but seeing him in action after a 19-game season, I think he probably gained uh, uh, you know, a more concrete appreciation for the headman. Transitioning to Coughlin here for a minute, he spoke as well today. What stuck out to me as interesting was what he had to say about Blake Bortles. Said that he believes that that's a guy that's improving. That Blake deserved uh, this extension. That uh, he saw better play from him last season. Well, you know the eye test and the statistics would suggest that Blake Bortles did play better. Um, the question is, did he play well enough to be a long-term solution? I think the contract is constructed to leave that in doubt. But um, I think from Tom's perspective, he sees a player that made strides um, first year in that offense with Nate Hackett, uh, you know, cut down on his turnovers, had a couple hiccups in the late in the season. But ultimately, the Jaguars probably asked the question about their quarterback position. Who else is out there for the price that they're going to pay to Blake Bortles that's better? They, they, they all concluded it was nobody. They, they may be right. Um, I don't you know, I don't think there'll be a lot of people saying we like Sam Bradford at twenty million, Horrible. or Blake Bortles. Yeah, or Blake Bortles at half that, um, or even like Case Keenum. So, you know, if the Jaguars kicked the tires on Kirk Cousins, you know, unofficially, uh, once they moved on from that, um, I don't think they had a lot of other options other than Blake. How difficult do you think it was for Blake to win Coughlin over? Because unlike Dave Caldwell, Coughlin was not here when Blake was drafted third overall. He did not have any role in his early development. He had no reason to stick by him. Do you think that this was a process where maybe early in last season, midway through last season, Coughlin still wasn't believing that this was their guy for even next season? Well, that's one of the things that I wasn't able to ask because uh, there was other people there who deserved to ask questions. And, you know, I wanted no, to ask didn't. Tom, was there, was, there, was there an aha moment? You know, he, I think he probably would have said the playoffs. So... Does that suggest Blake Burroughs was going into the playoffs? We had that headline in the day of the Buffalo game, the um, $17 million game. If they lose to Buffalo, are we talking about Blake Burroughs returning? You don't know. So 
that would be a question. But also, you look at it from the flip side, is Tom came in here with no history of Blake Bortles. That can also be a positive, is that he didn't have to deal with any baggage. He wasn't around for Blake's struggles. He came in, he was going to give this quarterback a clean slate and do this you know, while I'm watching, while I'm in charge. And if you go just on the test of 2017, Tom Coughlin had every reason to extend Blake Bortles' contract. Switching positions for a second, Coughlin, on the receivers I thought was interesting. He said, we have speed, we have experience, we have some great opportunities to work with guys who have been in the league and guys who have you know, just touched their toe in the water, and maybe we'll find another young one. Who knows? Is that, you know, is that a wink-wink to... Yes. Uh, I think that was... I mean, it's gamesmanship. I don't care. It was a good tell if it was. He didn't say that about any other position. No. Uh, and it was the question I asked. I said, hey, you know, are you, you know, what would you think of the potential of these guys? It was safe that, you know, so he went into that answer. Uh, you know, to me, I'm, you know, I put, that caught my attention. That's why I put it in the blog post. I'm not saying first round, but I think they're definitely going to take a look at some receivers, and that may be reflected by the people they bring in for those 30 visits before the draft. Yeah, I think that's a, that'll be really interesting. When will we know more about those visits and who's going to be here? Usually it's about the first week of April. So usually like the Jaguars do things a little differently, at least when, you know, they'll still probably do it. Is they like bringing in these guys, basically most of them in one week, and you know, five, six a day for a couple of days. Um I think they probably want to do it before April 16th when the, when the veterans are back. So I would expect uh, that to happen in the next two weeks. Interesting, interesting. Uh, one other thing we learned, Tom Coughlin doesn't like the window in the press box. Why Why was someone asking about that? Well, we take a couple of guesses on who uh, talked about that, but he doesn't have a window at Everbank Field. Uh, that's an open box. Yeah. Uh, so... I think he was trying to be funny, but, I mean, it had to be a transition for him because uh, he'd been watching from the sidelines forever. And, you know, I think it was the Indianapolis game where he sits right on the other side of a glass partition from the media, and it was a 27 nothing game, and you hear somebody bang the uh, table. Put this way, one Dave Caldwell. <laughs> yeah. so, but, so even he said, I thought it was interesting to say he prepared as if he was the head coach. Uh, yeah, as far as going, even as far as being there for the Saturday night meetings and stuff, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, so as observer there, and uh, you know, he pointed out that he was at practice every day. Well, everybody knew that, uh, but so was so, Lenny Curry, but he didn't mention that. But <laughs> speaking of shot, I got I got to tell a great bear story, but it's not about Lenny. How about the Alvin Brown story about no passport? Oh my gosh, was that not just absolutely <laughs> fantastic? <laughs> so he said that the first trip to London, Alvin didn't have a passport. He didn't mention Alvin by name. But he didn't have a passport. Didn't realize that until he got to London. But I'm sure Shad was able to squeak him into the country. But How uh, is that possible? How is how is that even a thing that could happen? It's no wonder yeah, that, it, that Alvin Brown was an incumbent mayor and couldn't win. If you can't figure out that he doesn't have a passport, come on. I, uh... Big fella was chopping on his gum, so he wasn't didn't start laughing. Let's put it that way. A couple of good lines from Shad Khan today. I thought uh, talking about our esteemed president. 
And then also, yeah. I thought the charisma line, you know, it could go a couple of ways, but I thought maybe it was a, a little bit of a parting shot at Gus Bradley, a guy who obviously had a really big personality here. And, uh, you know, I don't, it wasn't quite as open and obvious as, uh, as the Alvin Brown shot, but I thought it was a little subtle dig. Yeah, I mean, they're look, you know, that's what that's what how pro sports goes. If one kind of guy does not work, uh, you have to get an opposite. Uh, and I think that was the motive. I mean, they definitely wanted somebody with head coaching experience, even though they interviewed some other guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you know, it's, uh, try it one way, then if you try it again, shame on you. On a scale of one to ten, how uh, how much? excitement did Tom Coughlin have talking about Andrew Norwell? That seems like a guy who'd be literally right up his alley. He was excited, but not as, and the fans, they like this, not as excited as when he was talking about Cam Robinson. Wow. Um, I knew that he was a fan of Cam, um, and I asked him, hey, what kind of strides did he make? And he was very uh, abusive in his praise of Cam Robinson and what he can do moving forward. So, I thought that was, uh, if you're a Jaguar fan, you take that as a good sign, and you probably have found your left tackle for a while. Uh, and, and if you're a Jaguar fan, they, if they draft a right tackle at 29, you shouldn't have a problem with that. One other thing that was asked to both Shot and Tom was dealing with increased expectations. Obviously, Tom came in and did the whole rah, rah, we're going to win lunch thing. So oh. the expectations are always there internally. Uh, how do you think those two guys deal with that in terms of, how they want to lead, how they want to run the organization now that, you know, they're not being embarrassed. They're not a laughing stock. They're not coming off a 3-13 and season. They've made the playoffs for the first time in a decade. Well, I think if you're Sean Conn, you ask Tom Coughlin, what are you going to do about these expectations? Uh, if you're Tom Coughlin, you do what uh, he said in his comment, which I thought was very good. Hey, expectations are not negotiable with the Jaguars now. It's when. Uh you, they did it for one year. Now you got to back it up. A lot of teams who made the AFC title game could have might have stand uh, status quo, might have not made the changes they made. The Jaguars had seven guys in the first 26 hours of free agency. So, if I'm ownership, that's a positive sign that they're not resting on their laurels. But on the flip side, is they got a projected 17 starters back this year. So, those young guys are going to have to deal with those expectations. So it wouldn't be a shock if they maybe stumble out of the gate a little bit uh, before catching their breath. Speaking of catching their breath, it took me a minute to catch mine. Line of the day today had to have gone to John Gruden. Who's that? John Gruden, the Gabbert oh, Kaepernick yeah. line. The Frank Gabbert, yeah. I told Vic Tafer from the Athletic, I said, dude, I retweeted that. And he said, I knew you'd like that one. Yeah. So, but uh, Gruden talked for like the 75 minutes. He got there at uh, 7 a.m. and stayed all the way to 8.15. Uh, Mike Hoblin showed up 35 minutes late, to which one Pittsburgh writer said, kind of like his team against the Jaguars in the playoffs. Uh, huh. So that line, that line made a blog. But, uh, but yeah, so Doug Barone, I think he, Doug Barone had two chats with him, walked out of the uh, ballroom with him, hit back into the Ritz today. Very positive. Uh, looking forward to digging into these draft prospects, their backgrounds, their tape. Uh, you know, excited about the offensive line, excited about Blake Boros being at full strength from his wrist surgery and doing all his throwing in California. So, you know, it's sort of a, I mean, everybody's zero and zero, but you just get a feeling that uh, these guys believe that they're going to be good again. 
Everybody is zero and zero, but Ryan, you are always undefeated in our eyes. Thanks so much for joining us today. Have a safe trip back from Orlando, and we'll look forward to everything you have to write at, on Jacksonville.com and in the Florida Times Union. Well, thank you.